0: Welcome back to the T-Druff the Film Buff podcast. Uh, this will be episode 39. Uh, we're closing in on episode 50 here, but still a month or two away. This is going to be a big one. Um, as I've kind of done a lot over the last couple of months, we're going to run through some nominations, some reactions to awards that were given out. Um, of course, the Critics' Choice Awards for last night. Last week, we went through the Golden Globe Awards. Uh, And of course, this morning, the granddaddy of them all, the Oscar nominations were released. And I have quite a few thoughts on that, as does everybody else on the internet. But, um, you know, I I think before we get too far into the Oscar talk, because I do have a couple of things we're going to discuss first, I think it's worth mentioning that just about every year there's uproar with nominations, Um, whether it's uh, a certain group of, population uh, are left out um, as you know quite a few years ago is the oscar so white campaign um, then it's you know the uproar about the lack of female directors being nominated um, i mean the list goes on and on it's something new comes up just about every year whether it's even in 2018 when they were talking about a popular film category or when they were talking about not having all of the uh, um you know categories awarded on live television which I think would be a travesty. I think that the idea of the Oscars is a lot of, in a lot of ways, yes, it's honoring, you know, the films of the last year or so. But for many people, these awards are the first introduction to, you know, a lot of these films, a majority of the films, uh, specifically the short films, the uh, animated shorts, the documentaries, the foreign films. Um, so, uh, of course, that was that was going to be a tragic mistake. But they they quickly. Revised that i think that was was that last year i think it was last year um so yes they of course they're going to continue to you know broadcast every award on live television just in all uh, all of it is is really just to shorten the broadcast get more viewership keep the young audience on board um, of course again this year they're going with no host but uh, let's not get too carried away with the oscar talk just yet uh, because there were a couple of things over the last couple of days that. I felt like we're worth noting. This morning, the Morbius trailer was released. That's the Jared Leto um, Marvel-ish, Sony-ish movie. Uh, I guess it's like a side character in the Spider-Man lore in the comics. Um, so played by Jared Leto. It's like a vampire hunting thing. I don't even know what's going on in this trailer, to be honest. It felt a lot like the first trailer to Venom, which was I, th- I thought was awful. Um, and... Yeah, I'm not excited for this movie at all, I thought the trailer was just confusing, it was jumbled, Um, I think that first like quote unquote leaked picture of Jared Leto as Morbius looked kind of interesting, but the whole vampire hunter thing's never been my cup of tea, so uh, even if that's what he is or not, I don't even know, I didn't look into the character, the trailer wasn't interesting enough to do that, Um, but we'll see, because of course at the end there, you do see Michael Keaton show up, so you assume i don't think it's been confirmed but you would assume that he is in fact um you know playing the vulture the same character he played in spider-man homecoming so curious actually if if michael keaton's imdb is updated because i checked at lunch and, and his it did not list morbius in his uh, filmography i'm sure it's been updated since of course yes now it has it does not list the character name so It would be weird if he was not playing the Vulture, especially because he's got that same line delivery, same look as what he had as a Vulture, but it looked almost like he was not in a jail cell when he had talked to Morbius in that trailer, that last little clip there. So uh, as far as I know, uh, you know, the Vulture's locked up uh, after the events of Spider-Man Homecoming. I don't know that that's changed. So uh, I think we'll just kind of see where that plays out uh, but again, I just don't care. Uh, Fargo trailer, season four trailer dropped. I like how the trailer just calls it like Fargo installment four. I'm telling you, I will I will be on board with 10, 15 more seasons of this show. I don't care what time period they're doing, who's the main characters, who's in the cast. It doesn't matter as long as... Um, oh, God, is, is it Noah Taylor? Why am I blanking on who's the the, the showrunner for Fargo. Is it Noah Taylor? I just feel like it's Noah Taylor, but I could be wrong. Noah Hawley. Why did I think it was Taylor? I don't know. But Noah Hawley. As long as Noah Hawley's on board, uh, I will be there first in line to watch every new season of that show. Wasn't as high on season three. Um, I like the performances. Just wasn't as high in the story. Season two of Fargo is one of the greatest seasons of television in history, uh, as far as I'm concerned. So, again, I will always be there, and I thought the trailer was just chaotic enough, um, goofy, I love the lines that they had in there, I love Jessie Buckley's couple of lines, I'm sure she's gonna blow up even bigger after this show, I, I guarantee she'll get some Emmy nominations here, um, a couple other award shows, of course, just, when you're in Fargo, that's just what happens, like, you just get nominated, um, for stuff, so, As long as the the season's good, I'm sure she will. I'm excited for that as well. Uh, Last thing before we get to the Oscar nominations is the the casting of Nicholas Holt in the Mission Impossible uh, series. Not sure if that's a Mission Impossible 7 and 8 casting. I don't think any of the casting by uh, Christopher McQuarrie has been confirmed to be both movies. I think the only one that he hashtagged Mission Impossible 7 and 8 was either Haley Atwell or Palm to off? I, I don't remember. Um, but, of course, there's some rumors about who Shea Wiggum might be playing. Uh, like, Rowan Hands, I believe, is one of the characters from the original series that is rumored to be ap- appearing in, in Mission Possible 7. I- I'm on board for all of it. I just want to know who's playing that villain. Like, uh, is Cavill coming back to play an evil twin? Uh, I'm sure he'll be uh, up for it as long as his Witcher schedule allows it to, which I, at this point, I kind of have a feeling his schedule for that won't allow him I did see a a post. What was it? He was like walking his dog the other day on Instagram. He was saying that the, the filming for it will, uh, begin in a couple of months, which I believe is when mission impossible seven is going to start filming. Uh, so all of that being said, uh, I'm excited for Nicholas Holt, uh, never been the biggest fan of him. Um, but I think the guy's talented. I just think he's, he hasn't been choosing the right projects. Uh, so maybe that's his agent. Maybe that's the writing. Maybe honestly, it's all of the above. Maybe he's not a great actor. I don't know. Um, but I'm just excited for all these casting news. We're gonna. I'm, I'm still waiting for that big one though. There hasn't been that big addition like Cavill was for the last one, like Sean Harris and Rebecca Ferguson were for the one before that. Of course, Haley Atwell is welcome to the cast. Uh, just kind of curious, you know, where things play out from there. Is Vanessa Kirby coming back? Um, is Angela Bassett coming back? Uh, I assume Rebecca Ferguson's coming back, and I think everybody just assumes Simon Pegg and Ben Rames are going to come back too. But so we'll see. We shall see. Let's go ahead and get into these nominations though, because there's quite a few things to talk about. Um, let's go down to the, the predictions here first, uh, because I did decently well. You know, I predicted on Gold Derby here, and of course, you know, the categories like Best Live Action Short. Documentary short, animated short, um, and even like documentary feature in international film. Like, I've only seen a couple of these. So I can't even. I, when I was predicting them, I was just kind of choosing what had the highest odds. Those ones, I don't really consider myself uh, to succeed with my predictions. Although, apparently, you know, did decently well in those as well. I cannot wait to see those, though, when, when AMC does do the uh, short films uh, in theaters that one couple weekends before the Oscars I love going to see those um, so I, I can't wait to, to do that I, I, I that was such a great experience last year when I got to see all the short films live action short films and then the animated short films all if it wasn't the same day it was the same weekend so uh, those are real fun to go see just because just interesting stuff from different directors different cast that you've really never seen before um, and, and so again I'm, I'm pretty stoked to do that again this year the international film category, of course, renamed uh, this year following um, last year and, and really every other year before that, I believe, it was best foreign language film. I don't know if the actual criteria for that category has changed at all, um, but uh, I did pretty decently well, to be honest, in that category. I had, um, in my predictions, it was, let's see here, let's go ahead and pull back, category, I had Parasite. Of course, Pain and Glory, Les Miserables, uh, or the just the French version of Les Mis, uh, Atlantics and Honeyland. Of course, Atlantics did not get in, uh, instead it was Corpus Christi, I've never heard of that film, but I'm excited to see it once it uh, becomes available. That might be one of those ones where I don't know how I'm going to see it before the actual Oscars. A lot of these I do have access to via the Indie Spirit Awards, but um, some of them I don't. Of course, I've seen Parasite, seen Pain and Glory. I've watched Honeyland as well, I saw that on Friday, um, so I could see, I, I've seen three out of five. I will be watching Les Mis soon, um, Some more on that later, but I think Parasite's got that category in the back. There's just no way any other film wins that category. Uh, let's go on a documentary feature, because this is probably the most shocking one for everybody in terms of like films being left off, not people. Uh, of course, American Factory, Honeyland, For Sama, The Cave. And no, it was not Apollo 11. It was, in fact, the Edge of Democracy that was nominated for that. So that was a little bit shocking because uh, people think that Apollo 11 is basically the best documentary that was released this year. Much the same as uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor, RBG, and Three Identical Strangers all being left off last year, I believe. Or was RBG nominated? I don't even remember. Um, But uh, the documentary feature category voted on, of course, by everyone is a part of that guild they just love their controversy they love leaving films off um let's move on to the animated feature because i got four out of five correct i could have sworn i was going to get all five but uh they threw another curveball in there so how to Train your dragon hidden world toy story 4 missing link i lost my body and not frozen 2 but in fact the other netflix film uh, I shouldn't even say other Netflix. I, I think I actually I lost my body might be a Netflix film. Let's go ahead and check that. I lost my body. Is it Netflix? I think it's uh, yes. It is. Yeah, it's a Netflix film. Wow. So Netflix got two animated films into the best feature. Uh, I guess Disney. Uh, no, Disney didn't because Frozen two got left off, which was shocking to me. Uh, but hey, Missing Link is is. Uh, the odds for Missing Link is, is going up. I'll tell you that. Um, da, 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 yeah, Toy Story 4 will probably win that category, but I really do wish it's How to Turn Dragon 3. All right, let's move on to visual effects. Uh, I got all five of these correct as well. Endgame, Lion King, Rise of Skywalker, The Irishman in 1917. Uh, my guess as of now is that uh, Endgame will win that. Um But, like, something like The Lion King, even though, like, people seem to be divided on the film, I can see that getting, like, that one win in the visual effects uh, category because it is very well done. But I could also see, because 1917's nominated for a bunch of stuff, I can see it cleaning up there uh, as well. But I think it really—I think it'll come down to Endgame. I think Endgame will win. Let's go to the sound mixing and sound editing categories. Okay, so— Basically, the same on both except the editing head, Rise of Skywalker, and mixing head at Astra. Otherwise, you have Joker, Once Upon a Time on Hollywood, Ford v. Ferrari in 1917. I think both of them are going to go to 1917. Um, I think that's just a foregone conclusion at this point. Um, best song. Alright, so here's where I originally thought that Into the Unknown was going to run away uh, with this victory here. Then, you know, you had I'm Going to Love Me Again, win original song, Uh, the Golden Globes, and I believe it tied with Glasgow. Uh, No Place Like Home yesterday, the Critics' Choice. And, of course, Stand Up. Uh, It's building some momentum with Harriet. Uh, Spirit, Lion King, that was my prediction, did not get in, and, of course, Glasgow did not get in. Instead, it was... I can't let you throw yourself away from Toy Story Four and I'm standing with you from Breakthrough. Uh so mm, you know, I, I think my prediction will probably stick with I'm Gonna Love Me Again with Rocket Man. I just feel like the momentum's building too much. I, I think it's I think it's gonna happen for Rocket Man, especially because Taryn Edgerton isn't nominated anymore for an Oscar. He's nominated for a couple other categories and in, in uh, the other award shows just not the oscars which to be honest i didn't think he deserved it anyway um let's move on to best score this comes down to two films so i think i actually did predict all five of these correct yes i did so 1917 joker little women marriage story and the rise of skywalker um i think 1917 wins this one i'm going to go on and allege i think it in fact will win even though most of the odds have joker uh as the front runner there I I don't know. There's something about 1917 score that Thomas Newman has still never won. 13, 14 nominations, whatever this may be. Uh, I, think, I think he's going to finally get it because, man, does that score move me. Both times I've seen 1917, which, yes, I have seen it two times. When do you ever see a war film more than once in theaters? Um, but, yeah, I, I can't wait to see it again, to be honest. I, I'm really... Really on board with that film overall, and I hope it wins Best Score as well, even though Hildur's score for Joker is something truly special. Best Production Design. So my predictions uh, had Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, 1917, Little Women, Irishman, and Parasite. I got four out of five correct. And uh, Instead, Jojo Rabbit was over Little Women there. Uh, I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood will win this one. Um. Although nineteen seventeen is knocking on its door, and even Parasite as well. I, I wouldn't count on Parasite. I don't think Irishman or Jojo Rabbit has a real shot in, in this category. Best makeup and hairstyling. Uh, you know the pretty obvious ones up there at the top. Um, my predictions for this category were Bombshell, Joker, Rocket Man, Judy, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I was off with Rocket Man and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and in fact, it was 1917 and Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, which, really? Really? Maleficent, Mistress of Evil? That film's Oscar-nominated? You know what? Can't even talk. Haven't seen the film. I just thought it looked awful. There was no need for me to go see it after I hated the first one. But I was just a little confused by the 1917 nomination in the Best Makeup and Hairstyling here Hair, because I'm like, there's really no different hairstyling that's going on in this film any of it is even focused on either especially because it's meant to be that one long take or at least you're meant to believe that as an audience member so you don't get any real close-ups with any hairstyling of course there's makeup involved with just about everything because there's the continuity issue with you have the long takes even though there are cuts you got to make sure that that mud the the blood and all that stuff on, on people's um you know Army uniforms and, and, and everything like that, and the, the blood on the ground, and, uh, the explosions. Like you got to make sure it all looks right. And so that, in a sense, I guess is makeup uh, for at least the people side of things. Uh, but I don't, I don't really think it deserved that nomination, even though I think it deserves just about everything else. Uh, but I think Bombshell is definitely going to win this category. Uh, let's move on to Best Film Editing. Only got three out of five for this one. I guessed Ford v. Ferrari, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Irishman, and Parasite. Uh, And, of course, it was Ford v. Ferrari, Parasite, Irishman, Joker, and Jojo Rabbit. So Jojo Rabbit coming in, uh, stealing some nominations that I did not think it had in them. Uh, But I'm happy for the film because I I freaking love that film. Uh I think Ford v Ferrari should and will win this category although Parasite's right there The Irishman's right there although I don't believe the editing was actually good in The Irishman. Um I'm just confused by that category. It's just one of those things where uh, you know they always nominate best picture films for best editing. That's just a thing. Um so I'm not surprised by it. I just don't believe it deserved that. Uh but I do believe Ford v Ferrari deserves that uh win. Although there's some crazy stat out there where if you're not nominated for Best Film Editing, um, then you have like 5%, there's only like 10 to 15 films in the history uh, of the Academy that's ever won Best Picture and not won Best Film Editing, or not even been nominated, I should say. Uh, And of course, 1917 and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood are not nominated in this category, so that's worth noting. Best Costume Design. Um, let's see. I only had three out of five here as well. I thought uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Little Women, Rocketman, Dolomite is my name, and the Irishman would get in. Dolomite, of course, didn't get anything. Uh, Rocketman only got song. Um, so that's worth noting. I'm i leaning towards Little Women in this category. I think it might be one of the few times they get honored in the night. But, of course, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it's right there. It's right there, um, as are the others, but I think Little Women will take this one home. Let's move on to Best Cinematography, and we could pretty much move on right after I say those words, because it's going to be Roger Deakins. No one else has a shot in hell of winning this category. i telling you that right now. Love the cinematography in The Lighthouse. Love it in Joker. It's great Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Even The Irishman's got some great cinematography, but Roger Deakins has got it for 1917. Best Original Screenplay. So I got four out of the five here, and this is where one of my major gripes about the Academy comes out because I really thought The Farewell deserved this one, um, and of course they didn't get it. I knew Marriage Story was going to be in there. I knew Knives Out was going to be in there. I knew Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Parasite would be in there. really thought they'd make room for The Farewell there, and they gave it to one of my favorite films of the year, which is 1917, which to be fair, screenplay's good. It's just only about like, seven eight pages long. You know i mean there's just not much there it's just a lot of visuals music uh camera movements not a lot of dialogue in this movie and that does work to its benefit um but i just don't know if it deserved a, uh, a nomination so that definitely took me off because the farewell had a great script and just beautifully written by lulu wong and uh her screenwriters there and, and i thought that just it would have been really nice to have that film honored in some way shape or form at the oscars best adapted screenplay of course i got four out of five here as well i had the irishman had jojo rabbit had little Women, had the two popes i just did not have jojo rabbit so uh oh no i'm sorry had jojo rabbit i just did not have joker i did not believe joker uh would get that but i guess you know other people believed it should um it's one of those things it's kind of actually like uh 1917 where i feel like that film is not um dialogue heavy it's visual heavy it's it's um it's because most of it's in his head anyway you're kind of experiencing it through the visuals uh and the music and you know todd phillips directing for sure um but the screenplay not so much um but i thought a beautiful day in the neighborhood deserved it but what did a beautiful day in the neighborhood get like one nomination um Let's see how many, did did they get more than one? They literally got Tom Hanks and that's it. So certainly disappointing, but um, I guess not completely shocking. Let's move on to Best Supporting Actor, and much like Cinematography, we could pretty much move on right after that because it's going to be Brad Pitt. I love me some Pesci. I love me some Hanks, Pacino. Even uh, I hear great things about uh, Anthony Hopkins, although I was pulling for Song Kang-ho for uh, Parasite. Uh, just wasn't just wasn't gonna happen. Uh, so that's a little bit of a snub, and of course the bigger snub would be in the Best Supporting Actress category, and that's where J Lo did not even get in for Hustlers. I thought that was a sure thing, along with Laura Dern. Uh, I thought Florence Pugh had a great shot. why I predicted her and Margot Robbie, and even Scarlett Johansson for Jojo Rabbit, and she did get in uh, as a dual nominee, and I actually have her in my second uh, position for predictions here. But I think you know Laura Dern has the best shot. Uh, but Kathy Bates got in over Jennifer Lopez, so a little bit shocking there. Although Kathy Bates was fantastic in Richard Jewell, just absolutely fantastic. As was Paul Walter Hauser and Sam Rockwell, uh, but they didn't get in. Richard Jewell got that one nomination, and that was it. Let's move on to Best Actor, uh, and honestly, it's pretty much the same as all the other acting categories. It's a lot who's winning this. We have the four winners already. They can go home. We'll send the freaking award to them in the mail because nobody needs to show up as much as we like honoring them as nominations. Joaquin Phoenix is 100% going to get this victory. Adam Driver, great performance. He'll be back. Leonardo DiCaprio had his time but he is great in Once Upon a in Hollywood. Antonio Banderas did not think he was getting in. I didn't even think Jonathan Price was going to get in. I thought that was going to be Egerton and Christian Bale because the Academy loves Christian Bale. Um, but no, I mean, Banderas and Jonathan Price are in there, um, but I would say still my prediction would be Joaquin, and I think that's an absolute lock. Another surprising uh, category, at least one of them, Uh, would be best actress Um, the the award's going to go to Renee Zellweger for Judy Uh, of course you had Scarlett Johansson uh, Saoirse Ronan and Charlize Theron uh, or Theron however you want to pronounce her name Uh, I really thought Aquafina was in like the three spot for this category I thought she had a great shot um, at being nominated here Uh, but she didn't get in Uh, and Cynthia Erivo got in instead, so she's a dual nominee, uh, with Harriet as, as an actress and as a singer for stand-up, uh, so that was a little bit shocking. Deserving she's very good in Harriet. The movie is okay, but she is very good. I will say that she's definitely very good, um, but again, the award's going to Renee Zellweger. And the next two categories I think actually might be the two hardest to predict out of the major six, seven categories we have. Uh, And that would be best director. Uh, I really thought Greta Gerwig was going to get in there, um, but she didn't. And uh, Todd Phillips got in instead, but I predicted the other four anyway, and that was Tarantino, Mendez, Scorsese, and Bong Joon-ho. Pretty easy to predict those. And I think Scorsese doesn't really have a shot. I don't think Phillips has a shot. Uh, Quentin Tarantino's got an outside shot, especially because they've never given him the best director Oscar. I think he's won, like, two screenplay Oscars, just only uh, been nominated for the directing side of things. Bong Jun ho of course, he tied with Sam Mendes last night uh, at the Critics' Choice, um, but I think that this actually will go to Sam Mendes. He is uh, truly the star of the film of 1917. So, And moving on to the final category that would be Best Picture, I predicted all nine of these correct, although I really, really, wanted to see Knives Out in there as the 10th slot. But I understand how the math goes. It's almost mathematically impossible the way the voting works uh, to have 10 nominees unless it's like really divided. But this one, like best picture is divided this year. I don't think there actually is a clear frontrunner. And there really hasn't been the whole year, which is the shocking thing about it. Like last year, it was Stars Born, it was Green Book, um, and it was Roma. Those are the three Leading ones, no no other film really had a shot. Um, the year before, what was, 2017 movies, like Get Out had a shot, Three Billboards had a shot, um, and Shape of Water. It was literally those three, no other film really had a shot. Um, and then, of course, the year before that, it was Moonlight and La La Land. Like, you pretty much know the movies at the top, and then everything else doesn't have a shot. I think that there are legitimately five movies that could win. Um, like Joker. It's it's rising. I will say it is rising. Like I had it in my predictions as the ninth slot. I was the least confident that it was going to get in. Uh, I thought I might. I was thinking about moving uh, Knives Out over that film. Uh, I didn't, but I was thinking about it. Um, and so here's what it breaks down for me. So the ninth slot, I think Ford v Ferrari. Like thanks for coming. Uh, we think your film's great, but you don't have a shot in winning. And here's where it may surprise a lot of people. I have The Irishman at number eighth, likely to win. I don't think it really has a shot anymore. I think it's lost every bit of its steam. Um, yeah, it just, to me, it's, it's, it's a good film. It's just not a great film. Marriage Story comes in at number 7. I think this movie has lost a lot of steam. Uh, people thought going in and hearing out of TIFF, like this was the movie to beat, uh, You know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, of course, this is before people saw the, the other couple movies at the top, um, but I just don't. I don't think it's gonna happen. Uh, Jojo Rabbit, which actually is crazy, because now that I'm thinking about it, Marriage Story. I don't think. Let me let me go ahead and check. Is Marriage Do I have Marriage Story winning ever anything? Uh, no, no, no. Oh yeah, that's right. Laura Dern. I I'm, I keep forgetting my Laura Dern. She will win uh for best supporting Actress, that'll be the only win marriage story gets to be honest uh and then at number six with a very very outside shot i have jojo rabbit uh i think if we're looking at the audience i think the uh, jojo rabbit seems to be one of the most universally loved films on this list but then comes in at number five which i think this is the one where she this film actually has a shot at winning because of, of a couple different circumstances um but I think Little Women has a very good outside shot at surprising people here. It seems, again, with Jojo, it's the same thing. Universally loved by a lot of people. Of course, I'm, I'm one of the people who like it. Uh, you know, Greta Gerwig didn't get in for, for Best Director. Like I've said before, I think her directing is good in scenes, in almost every scene, I should say. I just hated her choice of doing the um, non-linear story structure. I need to see this movie again because people are loving the way that that movie's told. I just found it to be jumbled. Uh, it didn't flow well. It, it it felt like a movie that was trying to do something different unnecessarily um, and go against the other adaptations, which is fine. It's just, it didn't work for me, but I got to see it again, but I do have it as an outside shot of winning. I moved Joker up to number four. This movie has the most nominations out of any film this year. How crazy is that? 11 nominations for Joker. I think it does have a shot of winning. Not a good shot, but it has a shot. Uh, And then the next three films have the best shot. And that's Parasite at number three, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood at number two, and 1917 at number one. Uh, I think more than likely, it's coming down to the top two in 1917 and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, Very different films, I will say. Um... It's like one film it's very much about hollywood and america filmmaking the other one it is about nothing has to do with america's involvement in world war one um but at the same time it it basically represents the very essence of what it means to be a best picture nomination do something different with a similar story right the story of 1917 I mean, it was nominated, but I, it's it's not a film that should get a, a screenplay nomination. Um, but it's the the technical style, uh, and and really that's that's what separates itself. And I'm I'm going with nineteen seventeen for now. I reserve the right to to change my opinion because we got four weeks to go, um, and I still cannot be more excited. I, I cannot wait for the Academy Awards, uh, February 9th, I believe, early this year, early. Um, but that'll just about do it. Those are my predictions as of now. Basically the first real predictions uh, for the Oscars this year. And you know what? I'm going to repeat what I said last week. Until next time, have a 1917-filled weekend because we know Bad Boys 3 is not going to be as good.